Let's read for a, a moment Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. And the reason I'm reading this is because I listened to Simon Ponsivy this morning. Do I see any hands that know who Simon Ponsivy is? Anyone? There's one. There's two. Okay. Simon uh, is in the United Kingdom at Alt, Alt Dates, Alt Dates, St. Alt Dates Church, and he's uh, one of the pastors there, and he, uh, th they're training a lot of young uh, ministers there, men and women, and, but when Simon, Simon I, I look, I go back and look for a Simon. And, uh, and I heard him this morning, and, he, and they titled it Further In, Further Up. Is that the way you say the phrase? Or is it the other way around? Further Up, Further In. I think it's Further In, Further Up. That is, comes from what? The last book of Narnia? The last paragraph, maybe? Oh, yes. So I'm speaking. It looks like further up, further in. Further up, further in. Oh, they're two different words. But what did Tolkien say? Wow. <laughs> we could we could talk on this a long time okay so anyway i was just just uh if you if, go listen to it look, look it up uh i don't know what sunday he was speaking on it was a very i just i really like the sermon and, and i just like him i like simon just quotes he'll quote a movie he'll quote famous book there'll be a a line from a poem, uh, and then we'll talk about his ink pen collection, and uh, all of it's fascinating. I, I like, uh, maybe it's his British accent, I, I don't know, I, I like him. Uh, I probably should pray for help about here, shouldn't I? I think. <laughs> so, oh, Lord. Come. Speak to us. Let all the stuff, the things that is just me talking, will you let that just fall to the ground and will you, will you speak to each of us and through scripture and through things said. And I love it when people say, wow, I'm sorry I wasn't listening because God was talking to me about something else entirely. That, that too, just be in the house. This Lord's day. In Jesus' name, who sits at your right hand until you make his enemies his footstool. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Jeremiah, New American Standard, verse chapter 9, 23. Thus says the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. 
Let not the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness and justice and righteousness on earth, for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. He's not kidding. People have invented their own take scripture and bend it in some direction that's not really what he's saying. This, this is not because it's written there, but I, I, I would say this so sounds like the creator of all things talking to us. This is a divine romance between us and him. It's always been. It always will be. We just skim over the words, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Just God so loved. Our Father so loved that he sent Jesus. And Jesus was the obedient son. And for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, it says. Jesus was in the garden. You remember he says, if there's any way that you can take this cup from me, meaning this cup of suffering, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will. That's your older brother. That's your Savior. That's the Messiah. That's the one worthy to be sitting at the right hand of God the Father. He's, he's, he's the one. Fully man, fully God. He's the one. We're of his lineage, his family. The Holy Spirit is moving us, growing us, disciplining us. Making a bride for the king. That him who boasts, boasts of this, that he understands and knows me. Not knows about me, knows me. Knows me like Moses knows him. Who else would dare take God aside but Moses? Now that, you won't look good if you... If you I'm going, to destroy, I'm going to make a new country out of you. I'll make a new people out of you, Moses. I'm going to destroy them. Mm, no, mm, no, no, you won't look good. They'll make fun of you. The other countries will say, well, he could take them out, but he couldn't bring them in. Who would dare talk to God like this? Who started because the bush was on fire. He turns toward the bush, and the bush talks and says, take off your sandals, you're on holy ground. I'm going to choose you to go back to Israel, back into to Pharaoh and Egypt. I'm going to send you back from out here in the desert, and, and you're going to be a deliverer for me. Some of the things that David writes about in his songs, running from Saul, hiding in caves, people, 400 guys with him, and they're probably families, a bunch of them. 
sings about the hard stuff. He sings about the good stuff. Jesus takes on that title, Son of David. He wants to be identified with King David, with this shepherd boy that became king, that God made king instead of Saul. That people along the street would cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me, talking to Jesus. Jesus, God with us. I had a dream. Now, I had pizza earlier on Friday evening with the grandchildren down here. And at 2 a.m. Saturday morning, I was awakened by a dream. And I would think my average of spiritual kind of dreams is something like once every three or four months, maybe. Oh, it's probably further than that. What, once a half, once a year? Once a year. <laughs> Let's get this really right. Once a year, I have a spiritual dream. Okay? And I'm speaking to vineyard people at a conference. They've asked me to be... I've, it, I've, <laughs> I remember the, hearing a conversation. I, was, I wasn't trying to listen in. They were just out in the hall, and they said, well, you know, Jim's getting old. We're going to let him be one of the speakers. <laughs> And so when I get up, I start talking about Samson, about him having his hair cut off, you know, with Delilah, and losing the anointing because, you know, there's anointing from God and it's all part of this. And we're going we're gonna to do just the first chapter. And we're going to go to Judges chapter 13. And we're just going to do 13. And I'm talking about, you know, the, the vineyard is sort of like we had long hair and anointing, and then we kind of lost the anointing for different reasons. No, this is not all the churches, so it's, I can't say this is a general thing. we got like 450 churches right now still. One time we had 600. It didn't matter. But, you know, when he's there at the end, if you read the whole story, like six chapters long, you know, he's had his eyes put out. He can't see. They're making fun of him. Philistines are. They have little boys leading him around. He's laid him over, in the, and he says to the little boy, hey, could I just fill the columns that hold this building up? And so he leads him there. And then, of course, he, his hair has been growing. And he says to God, I'd like to do, I'd like for you to come on me one last time. And he drops the whole building by pulling down these two columns holding the main roof up. And it said that more of the enemy were destroyed in that act than in all the other times during the time that he was a judge in Israel. Let's go back to this. How many of you know about top and shadow? Have you heard of that phrase? Um, I saw uh, Sarah, is that who was at Sarah? Sarah is the granddaughter 
of, like one time I saw her and she was about this tall and now she's a full-grown person, has five kids. You know? <laughs> and um, we used to meet at her, her mother's house during the um, desert storm and I would uh, be watching CNN news in black and white of what's going on with our troops and then I would go to this Bible study that was at her mom's house, mom and dad's house. And there were some powerful people praying. And uh, a, a girl named Wanda would pray. And when she would pray, by the time she got through, we might as well say amen. There was not anything left to be prayed. Wanda knew God and knew how to pray. And we'd just be amening along. You know, and then... And then when she got through, no, no one had an ad addition to it. There wasn't anything. She had, she had said everything that we'd all wanted to say. Well, I back up further than that, and I used to go to a place, a little town. Is it called Aroni, Danny? Aroni. And, okay, and so Sarah's grandmother um, lived up there, Mary and Jean Roden, and another young woman i believe that she's older now and i believe she still teaches a, a bible study lisa kennedy i think she still maybe teaches she lives somewhere dear anyway she would show up and uh i had been raised southern baptist and i'd been in the vineyard for a while and i'd you know i didn't under i didn't know what type and shadow was they'd say that and i'd go i'd ask somebody like what are they talking about what they're talking about is that the Bible has all kind of imagery in it, and you have one story going on, but it's a but it's a top of something, of top maybe of the Messiah or the or the top of God the Father or the top of the church, and a shadow is sort of like 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 something cast a shadow, you know, like your hand cast a shadow. Mine does. You can't see it here, but it's casting on on my notes, and. Mary could just open up all these stories and would start talking about these layers upon layers upon layers of stuff that was behind it. Just amazing to me. And um, I tend to see like that nowadays when I see Scripture. When I see, especially in the Old Testament stories, I start seeing things. Okay, so, so when I was in the dream... I started talking about how, like Samson, our hair was growing. The anointing was increasing. Now, and then I woke up. It was like 10 after 2. I did go back to sleep a little while. So naturally, I went to read the story, and I see some things in chapter 13 of Judges, this New American Standard. And so I'm going to break. I'm going to try to not make this sound crazy, but I'll point out little things and then do a top and a shadow kind of thing. Now it says, Now the sons of Israel again did, again, <laughs> again did Israel, uh, did uh, evil in the sight of the Lord, so that the Lord God gave them into the hands, or just the Lord there, gave them into the hands of the Philistines 40 years. 40 is, God loves that number as discipline. 40, you know, they're in the wilderness 40 years. I mean, there's a lot of 40 year stuff happens. 40 years. I'm just going to touch on American culture. We are one country out of 195 countries currently on the earth. And some of you that know, 
January the 22nd, 1973, the, the Supreme Court said that this Roe v. Wade thing should be across the country, and that has been struck down. That happened, today's date, 18,066 days ago when they put it into, into uh, as a thing to do. That is 49 years, five months. It was in effect from January the 22nd, 1973 to June 13th, 2022, which is 49 years, five months, and three days. Now, during that time, I don't even know. I've heard numbers. I don't remember numbers. And it doesn't mean it's over. It means that it's gone back to the states, but it means there's going to be a, a reduction in the number of things happening to unborn children, lesser. I heard multiple times um, in the vineyard there were, we started running into about the time that I met Mary Roden, almost to the day, the time that I met them, they had a little a meeting in Southside, they called it the, the meeting. And there were, there were some, I didn't know any prophetic people. I didn't know people that moved in prophetic words. Uh, but I ran into them at this Bible study in the afternoon. And the next one was going to be at Jan and Kenny Abernathy's house. And there, there was a, a guy named Rick that played guitar and did worship and made me woozy in the head. I'd never been woozy in the head with my vineyard songs. I would cry and I would enjoy them. But when Rick played, I would get dizzy. It was like the, like the room was moving. And... People didn't, they didn't know me, you know. I, walked, I, I knew a couple of people there that knew me and introduced me, and, and within a few minutes, there were three different people came up and gave me words. They said, as they saw me, they said, you know, I, I, when you came in, I saw, and then they would say these things to me. And one of them was something that wouldn't take place for 10 years, but the other ones were, they were reading my mail. That, it's like they knew me in the Spirit. Well, back at Vineyard in our, in, our, in our head church in Anaheim, a guy named Paul Kane had shown up. And a little while um, after that, I'd gone to New Orleans to our area meeting of the vineyards in the south, and uh, Chuck Apperson, who was our area, uh, our uh, regional director, just, we just started having regions, he brought a man named Bob Jones. I didn't know who Bob Jones was, but I knew that when he started talking, my eyes would start watering. I couldn't stand, I couldn't look at him. And I noticed that it was strange. All these people pull little pocket tape recorders out of, out of nowhere, and they would just kind of crawl up or, or squat down and go up front while he was talking, and they'd slide them as close as they could slide them to him. And, uh, okay, this is interesting. This Paul Kane was pretty interesting, too. This Paul Kane knew people's, it was strange. He would, he would say, as surely as you're, is say, like if I knew, I, don't, I probably know, but I don't know. But if I say, as surely as your birthday is July 31st, and it would be the person's birthday. As surely as that's your birthday, and you're from the town of, and the name of town, as surely as this is true, the Lord God says to you, and then he would say this stuff. And they would usually gasp. The people around them that knew him would gasp. And you went, hmm, I think he's probably on to something here. 
40 years. I can't help but think, and I've said this, uh, you've heard me say it a lot of times in the past, but at the time of Moses, you know, Pharaoh just got it, I mean, just got it in his, in his mind that they needed to kill off all the boy, bo boy babies. But Moses was saved, put in a reed basket. And we come forward in time, you know, and uh, we're going to have uh, Jesus. Uh, God talks to, uh, he gets born, Bethlehem, right? And God appears, uh, speaks in, in, uh, in uh, dreams to his dad and says to Joseph, I want you to take the baby and take him to Egypt. In the middle of the night, they got up and left. The king had heard from the wise men, you know the story, and said, yeah, I want to know where, where this guy is too so that I can worship him because we, we've seen his star appear in the east, you know. He sent soldiers to Bethlehem, and, it, and, and he killed off all around there every boy child they could find. And it, and it fulfilled a prophecy that said Rachel... Rachel lived, you know, was around from Bethlehem. It says, Rachel is weeping, crying for her children, and she cannot be comforted. There is a generation of people. Now, Bob Jones and, and, and Paul Kane had some language for this, but one of them called it the faceless generation. When, when, when Paul would get up and talk about this every so often, he'd say, there's a generation coming that they're just going to get up in front of the church at different places. You won't know who they are. They don't have any reputation. They get up and say, excuse me, can I speak for a second? They start speaking. They say the words of God to the people. Many are comforted. Other ones go into repentance. You know, and, they say, and then they, they step down, walk out, maybe go out a side door. Who was that? I don't know. Wow, they heard God. He said, it's going to be a faceless generation. It's going to be a group of people that don't have a reputation. They just hear God. There's going to be a generation of people that hear God like the individuals every so often down through the Old Testament. There are going to be a bunch of them. I can't prove it, but I think, I think since 1973, the, Satan is alive. He's not gone anywhere. He's not corralled up yet. All those that he talked into rebellion out of heaven and left in a war, they're around here. They're still doing their jobs. Now, they, they don't like each other. The principalities and individual demons don't. They, they, they have to strong arm each other. You know, they, you run into them. They, they're not nice. And they're following the leadership and the higher-ups of how that in a dark kingdom right now currently exists. And, and they can sense that God is on the move because the Father says, sit here until I make your enemies your footstool. He has not stopped his plans. He's moving on with it. And part of it is that there's a, there's, there's a generation of people coming, a, an age group of people that are going to hear clearly, move in signs and wonders, and many up on the earth are going to come to God during these time, this time period. So, so what do we do? We do what we see kind of with this chapter of Samson coming. He, you know, the, the, the judges came up after, uh, you know, from after Joshua, they needed judges. And there was a season, a period of time of judges until the first king, until Saul, until God made a king. 
And it, every so often they had, they had to have a judge come up and kind of straighten out the country and stuff. Okay. So, verse 2, there's a certain, there's a certain man, Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name is Manoah, which means rest. And his wife was barren and bore no children. So I've got a question for some of you. This is, there's no judgment in this. Have you wanted to see God move or, or use you? You know, it's not like you get your self-worth from being used. You just like to be used by God. But you're barren. So far, no matter what age, whether you're young, you're old, in between, you've always wanted to be used by God, but you haven't yet been you, you don't have any stories. This is not an indictment. It's just that God's children have stories. Look, look at the stuff in the Bible. Look at the New Testament. God's Jackie Pullinger was on a boat going somewhere, if you know her story. They stopped in Hong Kong, and God, all of a sudden, as she was standing on the rail looking out over the city, God said, I want you to get off here. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't going to Hong Kong. I want you to get off here. So she gets off the boat with her luggage. And she ends up in the unwalled city, this little section that nobody, the police don't go into. They steal power to bring it in there and all this stuff. And she started ministering in this area and ministered most of her life. I saw her speak one time. Oh, my goodness. Powerful lady. But she was a young woman when she got off the boat. This was years later. Read something about Jackie Pulitzer. This is a generation of people like that. So, not just them, but, but you. It, does he, you don't have to raise your hand. Is there somebody here that, that wants some stories of your own? That God told you to do, say, go somewhere? Is there something like that? Maybe in a few minutes, I quit. We'll pray about that. Because I think our hair's growing. Now, mine's moving, mine is growing, but it's moving to the inside of my ears. That's another story. But uh, <laughs> I can't seem to find a prophetic thing about that. <laughs> yeah, you, I, yeah, I know it's before lunch. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I've had two cups of coffee and a little bit of Kyle's coffee. Uh, verse 3, the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, now you're barren, you have borne no children, but you're going to conceive and bring birth to a son. Now therefore be careful not to drink wine or strong drink nor eat any unclean thing, for behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son, and no razors shall come upon his head. For the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. The Nazarite vow is a special vow, you know, that different people have taken. And so this is interesting because even though this is about the son, 
Who does it start with? The mother. God has basically said, I want you to start living like a Nazarite. I want you to act like a Nazarite. Because your boy is going to be one. So what does it say to you and I in types and shadows? If we are on the cusp of a faceless generation that's anointed of God, like Samson, then I, the, the ones that aren't young right now, you need to live like a Nazarite. You are the fathers and the mothers and the older brothers and sisters and the aunts and the uncles and the grandparents of the faceless generation. You are the teachers of this generation that is coming. They're not going to come and know what to do. They're going to have anointing and know what, not how, what to do with it. Pentecost says, you know, the quote from Joel is, and the young will see visions, and the old men will dream dreams. Well, that's all of us. We're, we're dreaming. I, I had a dream. But they're going to see. They're going to be seers. They're going to see the things of God. That's y'all. You go, me? Yeah. That's y'all. You're all you young people. That's y'all. Our job is to help you. Not try to do it for you, just help you. Like Brooke and I have been school teachers. We, we don't, we can't do it, but we can show you stuff. Danny's has been a school teacher. We have a lot of school teachers sitting around. That makes sense? To begin to deliver. Verse 6, And the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the appearance of an angel of God. Very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, nor did he tell me his name. But he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son, and now you shall not drink wine or strong drink or eat any unclean thing, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the, to the day of his death. She's just repeating to her husband what this man said, this awesome guy she thinks is an angel. She's not sure of it, but she, you know, it's odd, right? She had an odd experience. Told her husband. Verse 8. Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O oh Lord, please let the man of God whom you have sent me come to us again. Whom you have sent, come to us again. I'm getting ahead of myself. Come to us again that he may teach us what to do for the boy who is to be born. That's where we are. Our older generation is we're saying, Lord, if they're on the horizon, will you teach us? what to do to prepare that generation. Our job is make their job easy to move into, what they're doing. We have anointing, but their anointing is great, greater. But our hair's growing. 
Patsy and I were in a group last night. We were asked to come to be part of a group to do a prayer time for somebody. I haven't had been in the presence of that much of the Holy Spirit in a while. He was really thick in the room. Now, I don't, I'm not sure that that had anything to do with me in the dream, except that maybe the, maybe the dream is not just for me. Maybe the dream is just to, is just to get the message out that, like Samson, our hair is growing. I was encouraged last night. Because we didn't do anything different except that God showed up at a level that I've not seen for a few years. So, show us what to do. And what to do, part of it is like that passage from Jer- Jeremiah that we did a minute ago. You know, you're not going to do it by your strength, not going to do it by your money, not going to, you know, you're going to. Do it by the by the presence of God. These things. Verse nine. God, God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of the Lord came again to the woman, as she was sitting in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. Well, she'd met him before, I guess. So that would be the one to start with. So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, "Behold, the man who came the other day has appeared to me." Then Manoah arose and followed his wife, and when he came to the man, he said to him, Are you the man who spoke to the, to the woman? He said, I am. Manoah said, Now when your words come to pass, he's not doubting it, he just says, Now when your words come to pass, what shall be the boy's mode of life and his vocation? So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, let the woman pay attention to all that I said. <laughs> He's not trying to straighten the husband out. He's just saying, hey, are you paying attention? <laughs> she should not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. Let her observe all that I commanded. Generations that are older, we need to listen and talk with the Lord and watch to do our called part for the faceless generation to fulfill their not sort of like they need us is that this is the way God set it up so if our hair is growing and anointing is increasing it's not about us we're like the dad it's not about us it's about the wife, the mother, living even the, the ones 
that are directly connected to this unknown, this faceless generation. Does that make sense, kind of? Am I trying to, it's hard to get it out, all the, okay. Verse 15, Noah says to the angel of the Lord, please let us detain you so that we may prepare a young goat for you. Yeah, that's the way they would entertain someone. The angel of the Lord says, though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, then offer it to the Lord. I wrote out there today, it's not about us. Again, it's reinforcing that again. When he says, what are you supposed to do? Your wife is supposed to do this. Not about you. Not, you know, it's nothing personal. It's not about you. It, you know, this is the same thing. Let us prepare a special meal for you because you're our guest. Mm, not going to eat your food. Not about you. You don't get something out of this. It's not about you. It's about the child. It's about the faceless generation. It's, it's about the ones that the enemy's trying, been trying to kill as fast as he can. But we've passed the 40-year mark. We are right at the 50-year mark of change. And it won't change completely overnight. And if you've seen Washington, there's a bunch of lunatics so upset that they that, that you might take away their right to kill the unborn. I want to go. There's a principality ruling you. You don't even know it. You know? You think, like, but God loves them too. He does. He can change. He's changed a bunch of their hearts at different times. He can, he can craziness on the earth. But the end of verse 16, for, for Manoah didn't know he was the angel of the Lord. 17, Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name? So that then when your words come to pass, we may honor you. It's being a good Jewish person. But the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask me my name? seeing that is incomprehensible. You don't get it, buddy. It's not about you. It's not about me. I'm a messenger. I work for God. <laughs> it's about your wife living as a Nazarite so that the child born will be a Nazarite, so the anointing of God will come upon him, and he will be the deliverer of Israel because 40 years of discipline is over and you're all being beat up on and it's about time that you get freer again. We all want there to be a generation to show up that will know the will of God and will, will go out across the earth and, and millions of people will be saved. Well, somebody's got to do, they're not, it's just not going to come out of nowhere. I think. I know this is just, I, I can't guarantee this. I'm not going to go, I'm a prophet of God and thus saith. I know, but I think this is, I don't think it was pizza. 
totally the other night. Okay. So Manoah took the young goat, verse 19, with the grain offering and offered it on the rock to the Lord. He knows how to do one. And he, the angel, performed wonders while Manoah and his wife looked on. <laughs> and it came about that when the flame went up from the altar <laughs> toward heaven, that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame <laughs> of the altar. <laughs> Pretty showy thing here. When Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. If we wondered he was an angel, well, we know now. Yep. Okay, 21, now the angel of the Lord didn't appear to Manoah or his wife again. And then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. 22, I'm not trying to make fun of him, I just, I'm a guy, so I identify. So Manoah says to his wife, we will surely die, for we have seen God. Typical guy re response. Typical intelligent, wise woman response about to come. Okay, but his wife says, if the Lord had desired to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering from our hands, nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have let us hear these things like this at this time. <laughs> Poor guy. He's just being a guy. Okay. <laughs> she can't help that she's wise. Okay. So the woman gave birth to a son named him Samson, and the child grew up, and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him at the camp of Dan. Let me see. Any last? Talked about being spiritual barren. We talked about the faceless, nameless generation. Oh, I wrote the word flame down, and I don't remember why I wrote the word flame. But 13 was live by example, about 13, 13 through 14. Ah, made me think of the smoldering wick. Matthew chapter 12, verse 21, which is a quote from Isaiah 42, 1 through 4. Should we do Isaiah or should we do oh, good, oh, Matthew? I'm right there. Chapter 12, verse 18. Behold, my spirit, talking about Jesus, this is Old Testament being all quoted right here. My spirit, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. And he will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A battered reed, like one that's kind of bent, he will not break off. A smoldering wick he will not put out until he leads justice to victory and his name, the Gentiles, will hope. He won't take a wick that there's just enough fire left in it that it's smoking. He won't go, mm. That's not enough there. I'm going to put it out. If the enemy talks to you and says, well, I know God a little, but I, I just don't, I don't know him well enough, or, or I'm just not spiritual enough, or I'm not righteous enough, the Lord says there's smoke, there's, if 
there's smoke, there's fire. Your hair's growing. You're not through. You're not through. You're the generation of the mother for the faceless generation, for the ones that are coming, the ones that are probably already alive. They're different ages, but they are, they are starting to show up, I think. We'll see. I think we're going to start hearing about and seeing and meeting people that anointing is there. Lord, we each ask our, our desire. If that's, our, I'm not praying for you to tell you what, but, but our desire is to do our part during our time on the earth to be a pleasing aroma to you. We know it's a divine romance with you. It's a love story, the greatest love story that's ever been told. We know we can't do it by our might. We can't do it by finances. We can't, we can't, we can't do, we can't please you. But we can please you if we, if we desire to know you, to want to know you more, that none of us here can say, um, I know God. I don't need to know anything else. like talking it's more or is that Lewis I can't remember which one wrote which one of them talking or Lewis but further in further up that was talking okay yeah I tried Don't, okay, so don't stop climbing. Don't stop. You're not done. If anything, Lord, we would like a divinely, a divine restlessness to come upon us. A dissatisfaction of where we are. Not a judgment. Not feel guilty, but a dissatisfaction. Like young couples that have found each other and they are in love. You know that place? They're embarrassing they're so in love. But some part of you, if you've been there, goes, hmm, I remember that. Or... Ah, that's sweet. That's wonderful for them. That for all of us with God. That's all we're asking. Fan the flames. Take the wick that's smoking until it, you know, if you're really careful with a wick like that, you put a little wind on it just enough, not enough to put it out, but just enough. 
it'll, the ember, it will start turning red, orange, brighter, and then it will go, that little sound. You hear it when it flames. And now no longer is it smoking, it's on fire. Because the offering was made before God and the angel rose in the flame into God's presence. You're of that nature. So bless all y'all at home today. In Jesus' name, amen.